Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday, it's 9 a.m., and the pet experts are in the building. This is the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320WILS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-host, the pet expert himself, Mr. Rick Pruce. Happy New Year, Rick. Hey, Lee, I'd, I'd blow one of those things that make a nice loud noise for you, but I don't have one here. So, uh, Happy New Year. Thank you. No party poppers are necessary. No, no. For the pet <laughs> We might wake the dog up that's sitting across the room for somebody. <laughs> exactly. We'll, we'll stay with that. Exactly. But, uh, Rick, I, it's been such an interesting year that we've just come through and I don't know if I'm happy or sad that it's a new year. I just know that it is. And just like this year, I say let's make the best out of it because the truth is you never know what to expect. And you're a perfect example because your 2021 no offense, my man, but talk about some ups and downs. <laughs> you had an extremely interesting year, but I've got to say, it had to be one of the best years of your life. Well, certainly, um, if I reflect back to last year, uh, single-handedly, my my granddaughter uh, coming into this world is is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Arabella, yeah. and. Uh, uh, beyond that, uh, watching my daughter go through the process of pregnancy and new expanding idea of life and taking care of a, a daughter, she's become just a, a fantastic mother. Watching her, watching her significant other, the father, be just an amazing dad, the way he, you know, it just remind you what's important in life, yeah, you know, does. and, you know, my, ma- and, and so it's, it's, it's a little hard for me to kind of uh, jump into the pet world until I first talk about that, because we, well, as I say, you know, we are all animals, right. you and I are an animal and watching how humans interact among each other and, and the value of life and, and purpose, uh, that's kind of the, the biggest I guess umbrella of thought that always comes through my head is, you know, people that walk in the door that are customers are way beyond customers. They're another human life that um, if what we do and how we do it can enrich their life, if the pets that they go home with uh, can enrich their life, we've actually, you know, we've hit a home run. And and so that's, that's what I always think about is uh, when I have that customer that I'm waiting on and uh, we spend watch my staff spend 20, 30, 50 minutes. Uh, maybe they come back time and time again and we work with them to develop a relationship that they trust, trust in who we are, what we do. And then the idea that they go home and they become that much more successful. Life is great. Yeah. And then there's all those other things that happened this year that just somehow my way of adapting to life I've forgotten about any of the negatives. <laughs> and, and right now all I can think about is the positive types of things that's got us where we are today. Well, and frankly, there were a lot of positives this year, Rick, because you received some personal awards. Uh, you received some recognition nationally in this country. And frankly, your business has grown in terms of the number of people that it's helping, the number of pets that people are getting, the way that you go about doing it. I just think that this was 
essentially an example of a, a man and a group of his employees looking at what could be instead of what is and frankly making the best of it. And I'm real happy for you because the truth is I agree with you. Your granddaughter is the untoppable feat <laughs> to have taking place. Yes. But you and your wife have put in many, many decades of hard effort to build this business, this place, this thing that makes so many people happy. And I'm I'm personally real happy for you and yeah. pleased that it worked out well in spite of health issues, in spite of other things that went on yeah. this year. It, and it, so it's definitely taken a family, it's definitely taken a staff, and it's te- definitely taken a mission of purpose to put us where we are today. And, you know, I have lots of aspirations of where we want to be, but more importantly, I think we just need to stop, relax, appreciate everything that's around us and appreciate what we have, Mm -hmm. what we have as a business, what we have as customers. And I hope people that are sitting there listening to the radio can just stop, think about the types of things that they have to be thankful for. It's uh, been a difficult year. There's people that have to confront some pretty serious tragedy. Mm-hmm. And for those, my heart goes out. Um, and I hope for them that, you know, warmth and comfort somehow finds them. Well, to help them do that, we're going to bring back, I mean, talk about feeling warm and comfortable. Who helps you do that more than Dr. Alan Beck from Purdue University, uh, who is the head of the Center for the Human-Animal Bond, because he's a man who, for a decade, you and I have been talking to him about issues related to animals and humans and how much they get from one another. And it'll be interesting interesting to hear from him. I know he's slowing down a lot because bottom line is we all seem to be getting older, but I'm real curious to hear what he's got to say. Yes, me too. Should be It should be a, a good adventure. So that's what we're in for this week on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. Rick Proust and Lee Cohen, they're back on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. 1320 WILS. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And Rick, we have with us on the line a returning guest. I should almost say a regular (laughs) returning guest because it just seems like at this time of year, there's no one better to reflect on as to where we've been and where we're going than with Dr. Alan Beck, who is the director of the Human Animal Bond Center at Purdue University. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Beck, what a pleasure. It is my pleasure. Well, we... We always, well, we always love talking to you at this time of year and just reflecting back on this year and 2021 again. What a year for animals and people and the human animal bond because there are more humans with more animals and more bonding going on than we've ever seen before. How do you attribute it? Well, you know, if I was doing an experiment and saying, I wonder if people, since one of the more common uh, concerns people have of, of getting uh, companion animals is being free to really give it attention, you know, have uh, uh, to be home more. And so my experiment would be, let's have everyone stay home for one whole year, and then let's see what happens. 
And that's what we did. Um, and so, <laughs> uh, so you're responsible for all this. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Oh, my gosh. No, you know what? Um, you probably would be one of the best ones to ask. Um, I watch, listen, and hear a lot of um, conversation back and forth in regards to concerns, generally concerns, that if all these people are getting animals uh, that didn't have them before, that there would be a mass issue or uh, relinquish effort um, when this is all over. And I'm just curious what your thought is on that, because I have a few ideas in the back of my mind on, on perspectives to look at, but I'd like your perspective. Sure. Um, well, thank you. It, it's, well, I, if you start looking at the literature, it's amazing how many people are, are looking at various aspects of this. Uh, there are dozens and dozens of new articles, one just three days ago, uh, on various aspects of the corona, uh, the COVID-19 uh, issue. Uh, there's always a concern that there'll be, well, a lot of people will use this opportunity to get animals because they've always wanted to, and this is just a good opportunity. Uh, there's always an opportunity that is perhaps encouraging people who really aren't as dedicated, and it's just too, tell, uh, too early to tell if that's really true. Um, it, it's probably locally true in different, different areas. Uh, one very big concern of, of animal people is not so much everybody getting animals as what we're going to do when we go back to work and the poor animals are home, and that there'd be a, a, a real increase in separation anxiety and that people should start learning how to do separating, you know, before we, all of a sudden the next day you have to go to work every day after not doing it for months. Uh, so that's the kind of thing. There are a lot of people looking at that. Uh, a lot of people have reported uh, very positive outcomes from having a, a companion animals during this time. Uh, so it, but it, it just, it's just too early yet uh, to tell what, how serious it's going to be and just really how, how big a problem it really is. Very often we, we anticipate human behavior that is not really as, as bad as it, as it should be or we think it could be. So we have to go see. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder if when we're all done with it, um, let's say, um, I'm just throwing numbers out there, two million more people have pets than ever did ever before, and mm-hmm. the same percentage of pets are found in a compromised situation as a result of it. Is that a win or a loss? You see what I'm saying? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, long before even this happened, for you know, 10, 15 years ago, many of us have been looking at at the relinquishment issue. That is, you know, people who are surrendering animals uh, before their natural uh, lifespan, uh, often to shelters. Um, and a lot of the predictors of relinquishment weren't what they anticipated. Uh, for instance, people who, who received animals as gifts keep those animals, even though a lot of people say, oh, you should never give a gift. And this may be one of those circumstances where the relinquishment isn't going to be as high as we thought, but we just uh, don't know, and we have to be careful. Um, I think over this last year and so on, there's been a lot of attention paid to the potential problems, and sure. that might, might uh, 
alleviate some some of the problems. Maybe some people whose original reflex is to get an animal think about it, or they over this year really develop a, a relationship and solve the problems of going back to work and so on. And we just have a, a you know a slight increase in in animal ownership that gets appreciated and stays in people's homes. And that's what we're waiting for. We're not seeing a, a major uh, a flush of animals into shelters yet. Um, so maybe things are, we'll have to see what, what's happening. I, I, um, one thing I was thinking about, and uh, maybe uh, flipping the coin, let's toss it up, it comes down, it's on the opposite head. We're going to talk about the rejoice, I guess, of those individuals that may have never had pets before or have had pets before but didn't find the time or opportunity to, let's say, culture a puppy, and now they are in their home, and the stresses that they talk about on the radio or TV about the stresses that people are going through with COVID and how these pets, let me put a cape on one, Okay, have become super dogs, super cats, super pets. <laughs> Follow what I'm saying? Yes, and in fact, a lot of the literature has been how people have benefited uh, from animal ownership, often dog ownership. Most of the articles are, are, are comparing dog ownership during this time and people who maybe wanted a dog or thinking of getting a dog but don't have one. Uh, a lot of that shows... <laughs> some real uh, opportunities of, of goodness, uh, mainly in, in things like depression. Not so much with happiness and anxiety. Not that it, it just it hasn't the effect isn't as conspicuous, but depression in several articles have been alleviated by having a, a companion animal during this period. Yeah, I was thinking uh, the other thing that's kind <laughs> of interesting is I've seen a lot more individuals coming in the fish department that are really getting more serious and more involved in, let's say, biohabitats, and even that case in, in, in the reptile environment. They seem to, they don't have the, they, they aren't going, you know, maybe to the movies. They're not going out to dinner. They're not uh, having the same opportunity in their personal lives to kind of go out and reach out and communicate. But they do have ways of uh, turning to passions and that particular passion is one of those things that uh, resembles um, empathy. It resembles art, artistry. It resembles a number of things, and and it's just something that they can put time, energy, and effort and reward into. Um, I'm just curious what your thought is on that. Well, sure. I mean, many people have lots of excuse me have lots of interests, and now they have the opportunity to enjoy them. Uh, to, you know, to really pay attention to them. Yes, I think it's it's a very real thing. I mean, we all love looking at animals, going to zoos and all that. But here's an opportunity to spend, to really develop a, a vivarium or aquarium. Uh, and it, it's a great way of keeping a mind off the stress of, of whatever we think about COVID and just really indulge something that we're interested in anyway. Remember, all of us, have an interest in in nature. That's part of our our nature. So this is an opportunity to enjoy it. Well, Doctor, it seems to me that one of the other things that's going on is that 
there's been a psychological effect that's taken place with these pets because when all of a sudden you find yourself around someone all the time that in the past you would be away from them most of the time because you worked in separate places and you did separate things, now all of a sudden you're together 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I almost feel like these animals have stepped in and filled the role so that people can have a break from their partners and spend time with the animals instead. And I, I find that the animals love being in that role and the people don't mind it all that much. Am I crazy for that observation? Um, no, it's a, it's a great observation. Um, and, and it's because the animal never gets bored with, with you, ever. Uh, we watch people play with animals and the play always stops in the human findings says, I, 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 I can't do it anymore. <laughs> uh, the animals will do it forever. Uh, and it's just great because it, 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 when it gives you a chance to appreciate uh, your animal, no matter what the animal is, in, in ways you haven't, because you've never looked at it that it with such great length of time and, and with dedication. And so it, it's just great, and it's true. Uh, it's nice to have a companion in the house that is totally non-judgmental. You can talk to them. You believe that they are understanding. And this is just great. And you don't have to really do much social distancing. It's great. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point about the social distancing as well, because I've got to say there have been times in the last year when my dog would come up to me and I would just, for some strange reason, give it a hug. And (laughs) I can't say why. But I know that it made me feel better at that moment. The dog was okay with it. And frankly, I just think that they've been there in a time of need. And I think that that's what good friends do is they're there for you in a time of need. And they say a dog is man's best friend. Very much so. And it's amazing how many people report that when they don't really feel well or they're, they're sad or something, their, their animal is unusually more dedicated. Uh, now, I don't know if we're projecting this on the animal or, or these social animals really do sense, and there's no reason why they shouldn't, uh, sense anxieties or sadness and do what social animals do, and that is get closer and see if you can be of any help. Well, those uh, listening in, uh, we are talking to Dr. Alan Beck of Purdue University. And for those that don't know, and maybe you tuned in late from our uh, intro, uh, Dr. Alan Beck is essentially the man that uh, helped start the idea of we have feelings about pets. We feel that they contribute to our lives, but is there any scientific evidence of proving that? And I just wanted... uh, I just wanted to turn the conversation a little bit more towards what have we been learning this year that we might not have known, or what type of experiments are you entertaining or hoping for or executing that uh, the public might be interested in? I'm at a stage, at almost retirement, of just enjoying other people's work. Well, tell us about the other people's work. (laughs) Well, that's, that's what I was saying. There is a lot. Uh, coming out around uh, 
the, the, the COVID experience. Uh, and as I said, but you know, it, it definitely plays real roles in, in in depression and sense of loneliness. So people are are. It's not the only way we're, we're solving the COVID issue, but it's a, it, it is a major way uh, that we're we're, we're solving. Um, and I think a lot has been. It's still coming in. And we're only talking about really the first year, year or so, and these things take longer to really appreciate and, and, and get together. Um, but let me use this opportunity to sort of talk about something that just ha- just happened. Actually, um, Dr. Beck, let me interrupt yeah. you for a second because we need to take a quick break. But oh, when we okay. come back, we'll share the story that you're about to tell us. We're talking with Dr. Ellen Beck from the Center for the Human-Animal Bond at Purdue University. We'll be back right after the break on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. For the latest news and information on animal care, it's the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Here are your hosts, Rick Pruse and Lee Cohen. It's 9.35 and we're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And we're talking this morning with Dr. Alan Beck. Dr. Beck is the director of the Center for the Human-Animal Bond at Purdue University and is a longtime guest of our show because he brings the science and the feelings together at the same time when it comes to pets. So, Dr. Beck, why don't you share the story you were going to share with us before the break? Well, I want to, one of my uh, interests, especially in the last few years, <clears throat> has been, you know, just why, why we have this effect with pets, why we love our pets so much, uh, because it, it's more than just, just love, but there are real predictable uh behaviors and activities in our lives uh, that, that dictate this. And one of them, and this is why I want to raise this today, one of them has always been, uh, for, for me and others, uh, a thing called the biophilia hypothesis. That is, we, being animals ourselves, have been raised in nature, and those people who uh, appreciated nature could use it to their uh, advantage more likely to survive, and so we've actually, part of our, our archetype in our mind is our relationship with nature and an appreciation of nature. And we, we see this all, all the time. We always try to, uh, we'll put even plastic plants in a, in, in a restaurant if you can't put in regular plants. We're always looking for nature, whether it be in, in the aquariums or, or, or going vacationing or taking walks. And the original person who who verbalized this concept, biophilia hypothesis, was E. O. Wilson, and Wilson just died three days ago. Uh, he was uh, over all, most of his career at, at Harvard, uh, and he really he studied ants originally, and how ants work together and solve problems, and uh, he, he was uh, an, an important contributor to this. And I just want to make sort of honoring that he he died December 25th. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, while he was thinking about nature and, and much larger scales of, of, of landscape, of, of forests, uh, our relationship with our companion animals is a little microcosm of our relationship with nature. It's, it's bringing nature on demand, if you will. Uh, and maybe one of the reasons that, that animals are so important is that you don't have to 
pack up and, and go to Bolivia uh, to get a, a good dose of nature, you can just pet your dog or look in, in or, or look inside the goldfish tank and, and 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 watch the interactions and so on. So I always felt this is I wanted to honor that at least today because it, it is very much part of our relationship. Um, another uh, aspect, of course of our relationship with, with, with nature is that is one of the activities that we built, we created. Our domestic animals, our pet animals, are created uh, by different cultures over different times, uh, but by human activity uh, in, in cahoots with, with, the, with nature. But, you know, the dog breeds, the kind of... Um, the constructions we use to help uh, maintain our animals. All of this is, is human activity. And we humans have a, an affiliation and a, an appreciation of things that we created. We meaning all of culture and, and people. Um, this is a few years ago was, was coined the IKEA effect. Uh, I, <laughs> I-K-E-A. As um, in plastic furniture? Exactly. <laughs> that, that we 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 are particularly fond of this otherwise very plain and not particularly wonderful uh, furniture, but we somehow helped create it because we put it together. We put it together. Um, they, all the frustration right. and concerns and 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 uh, uh, bare knuckles, uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the scar tissue that you can reflect back on. <laughs> I, I uh, my, my daughter and son-in-law were putting together IKEA furniture, and they say, they can now curse in Swedish. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, that, that's one of the issues, too. So, but, but Dr. Beck, let me ask you this question, because one of the observations, and I don't know if it's true, Rick, you might have uh, an eye on this whole thing, but it seems like all of a sudden in the last year or two, certain categories of animals have just become much more popular when it comes to pets, reptiles, amphibians, things like that seem to be more in people's realms than in the past. It, it just seems like where maybe cats and rabbits were, were up there, people are going in different directions. What, how would you explain that? And is it true? I'm the is it true? I, the numbers seem to... I have not seen any work as to why it's happening. Rick, any ideas? Um, well, um, well, certainly if you have more. One thing that I do know that the experience as customers come in the store is that the younger kids, um, we'll just say below 30, um, they, <laughs> uh, my, my point to be made is I'm familiar with what the normal cadence is with a customer when they walk up and they talk or the child comes in. And never before have I had a substantial amount of research, exploration of the ecosystem for which this animal comes from, diet, proper maintenance, all studied before they show up. Um, and I think, you know, once you, we, we can certainly think of a number of the negative kickbacks of being so um, plugged into the internet 
Um, you know, sometimes that can, in many ways, uh, consume us. But for the for the tool of learning and understanding and exploring proper pet care, I do find that with our guidance that that information that they come in with is valuable and maybe invaluable from the standpoint that they're already thinking perspective and concern for the animal's welfare and they have an avenue for which they can gather that information. And so then it becomes less about trying to give them the basics and more trying to get them excited above and beyond what their expectations were when they walked in the store. And so I do think the internet uh, has something to play with that and the amount of information that's out there uh, because people have idle time now. You know, they are working at home. They're maybe not working. Um, um, so, so it's, or they're not going out at night, you know, and so they have a lot more time to interface and learn and kind of understand. So that's just one take on it. And uh, I'd just be curious, uh, Dr. Beck, if you had some thought associated with that. You know, I think that that's a, 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 an excellent observation. I mean, we, people seem to know more about medicine now as everybody, you know, looks at Dr. Google. I mean, true, some of it may not even be true, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but having information that easily available uh, is probably a very important thing. I mean, two years ago, uh, the the increase in especially uh, fish and then some of the other uh, less, you know, more exotic animals, interest was blamed on the fact that, that the, not blamed, but uh, accredited to the fact that the industry itself made it easier uh, to take care of animals. The automatic fish take in, uh, feeders and, and easier to set up systems. So it allowed people to get more interested with a little less frustration. But I think you're right. Having the information so easily available is, is probably makes a, a big difference uh, in terms of if you're just dying to, you know, just flirting with it, but you're concerned, I think it's a great, very interesting observation. Yeah, so, and, uh, and, and, you know, the the fun part is, and you had mentioned the, the, the doctor, uh, you know, doctor, uh, Google doctor or whatever, and, and the, the only concerns is some of that information may be wrong. Um, and that's what I kind of enjoy about our job now is that we can at least be a screenplay to try to figure out you know what do they know? We need to, we have to remember not we we have to remember to go back to the basics. But the level of comprehension is better sometimes if they're a bit younger or uh, a bit too um, confident in their own uh, pursuits. They they may not really realize all that they need to know, and so we have to put up some uh, little cautionary signs, if you will, uh, to make that happen. Sure. Now, um, the one thing that uh, is interesting is that. Uh, Axolotls are single-handedly one of our more popular pets, um, kind of coming from out of the blue, and it has a lot to do with the exposure of, you know, uh, online characters that are in the shape of axolotls. And so, you know, we have a, a mission, and that is to make sure that if that's going to happen, that it gets done in such a way that uh, um, that uh, they do it right. And I would actually say that the ones that come in you know, oftentimes it's your younger kid and the parents spend a whole lot of time. Well, if you want this, you have to research it. And so they typically come in with quite a bit of information that just needs to be molded a little bit. That, that's very true. 
the, the Axolotl is just an amazing example of of, of an of, of a neotic or an animal that, that keeps its juvenile features just by staying younger. And it's been pointed <laughs> it's, it's been pointed out that our, our many of our pets are in fact uh, neotic, and that we've raised, especially dogs, would be the best example. If you keep raising wolves to being tame, you get an, an axolotl-like wolf in that it, it is basically an adult puppy uh, with, with its behaviors and its forms. And, you know, much of our, of our domestic animals have been selected for tameness, which means most of our domestic animals really are more like the juvenile form of the, of the ancestry animal than the adult. Fantastic so, stuff. Uh, we do need to take a break. Yep, Dr. Beck, okay. we do need to take one more quick break. But after the break, we'll come back and wind up with some predictions for 2022. Our guest, Dr. Ellen Beck, right here on 1320 WILS. Hey, got some ideas for a show? Questions? Maybe suggestions? Just email us, mmpets at 1320wils.com or message us on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash mmpets. Now, live from their timeout cage, here are Rick Cruz and Lee Cohen. You're listening to the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. We're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we've been talking this morning with Dr. Ellen Back, who is the director of the Center for the Human-Animal Bond at Purdue University. And Dr. Beck, I, I hinted to it before the break, so I'll ask you the question. Based on what we've seen this year in 2021 and even going back to 2020, is there anything that you think that we could look for in 2022 as a sign of future progress or uh, just basically uh, a prediction for the coming year? That's a, an interesting and tough question. One, because this, this year may actually last a little longer. But two, it may really have effect on different people. For those people, and there's a, a growing population of people that are going to be working at home, uh, even beyond uh, the mandated staying home periods, uh, we may st- start seeing people really appreciating dog walking. Uh, there's been a lot of studies on dog walking as, as a very healthy exercise, uh, and good for all kinds of cardiovascular management. So we may start seeing that and maybe more dog parks. Uh, maybe people who are actually going to find themselves uh, being less active, like really always having to be at home, may find smaller dogs more interesting. I think in general we're going to start appreciating uh, pets maybe a little bit more as more and more people have been exposed to the advantages and, and the fun and, and the learning of our relationship with um, almost all animals. So we may start seeing a, a, a slight increase in real dedicated uh, pet ownership uh, than we have in the past. And that would be fun to, to look for. Uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm not sure what we're going to see. It's, uh, it's, it's why this is a huge experiment. Let, let me come up with um, just a perspective. 
um, that I think you'll understand, appreciate, and uh, agree with. Um, I'm hoping for less a prediction more than, uh, you know, we've been on this path for some time talking about the emotional, our, our, our thoughts and opinions on the emotional welfare of animals and also the science behind what it is that makes pets so special. And I just want to say that I hope, I wish, a year from now, we have a more, not antidotal, but scientific appreciation for how to have pass forward. Um, For instance, uh, not the emotional attachment of a dog should not be in a cage, um, but instead an understanding of what makes a healthy, happy dog and how do we as a collective society and even, pardon the, 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 the garish term, the industry of providing pets, how do we do that in such a way that it is scientifically sound and helpful for the whole industry to support a much needed culture of pets and pet keeping? And I know at the university there, um, you have done some research and some exploration of how that has to happen, how, you know, even dog breeders, not not having the emotional jerk of uh, a broad sense of puppy mills, but instead define what a puppy mill is in some negative terms and what it is to supply puppies, for instance, in a sound, healthy, well-managed scenario. Right, and, and I, I think that's, that is happening. And maybe it'll be facilitated with more people spending more time to appreciate their animals. Uh, for instance, there's uh, many research opportunities research going on now on appreciating um, the cognitive method, uh, values of animals, that dogs especially, but even all other animals, are actually smarter than we're giving them credit for. And we're beginning to appreciate that as we not only spend more time with them, but do the kinds of studies uh, to show uh, <clears throat> that if you assume them not that they could understand things, uh, it turns out they can. Um, and I think as we appreciate perhaps all animals, especially the dogs and cats, as being more sensitive and, and more cognitively aware than we give them credit for, we will just intuitively start treating them better, expecting that, uh, them to be better. Uh, and I, I think that will be one of the, the changes that we might see over the next uh, few years well, is that kind of respect, um, genuine respect. Well, we Dr. I was yep. I was going to say that there's some proof of that already because I just think back to 20, 30 years ago where I'm in a grocery store and there's all this food there for your pets. And frankly, I don't know what that was, but it didn't seem like food, whereas now the quality of the food, the quality of the environment, the quality of the lighting, the quality of the heating, just all of it just seems like the industry that Rick is in has really taken the bull by the horns in terms of 
giving people the tools that they need to provide an animal with a lifetime of great care. And to me, that's a wonderful sign that people are not looking for the cheapest alternative. They're looking for the best alternative to keep their pets healthy. And I think that's outstanding. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the commitment we have to keeping the animals healthy and living longer. I mean, it's very common to spend much more to keep an animal alive than it would cost to replace it because we respect the individual. Yeah. If that could do for people. Yeah. I'm, and so, yeah. I, I, I'm imagining the, the wall of dog toys and how things have migrated from 30 years ago to today. The thought process of how do you, how do you uh, embellish and improve the lives of a dog, for instance? And all you have to do is walk down the aisle and see the, the years and years and years of uh, evolution of dog toys. You know, and what we look at today is so much different and so much more involved and interactive and appealing and actually solving problems of how do you keep a dog curious and interested that weren't even present 20 years ago. Right. There's there's several studies now of of dog TV to see if if we can make the, the, the life of the dogs. <laughs> Even if he's alone at home, um, more interesting. When, when that TV is doing nothing, it can be doing something, right? When we're away, right. we're thinking it's not really useful. My, my wife says that she wants to keep the TV on for the dog because she's read that it's good for this or good for that. If I was convinced from your perspective that there a that does make sense scientifically, and b there were appropriate shows for that, hey, I I'm in Animal Planet. <laughs> <laughs> No, the, actually, the, the dog TV is actually programming dedicated to four dogs. Well, Doctor, I'm sorry to say we used up all of our time for today. We've been speaking with Dr. Alan Beck from Purdue University. And uh, on behalf of our producer, Bruce, and Rick Pruce, my co-host in the studio, this is Lee Cohen, wishing all of you a great weekend, great week ahead. Let's talk next year or next week, whichever you prefer, here on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. In the meantime, please, please take good care of your pets. Have a great week, everybody, and happy New Year. Hey, got some ideas for a show? Questions? Maybe suggestions? Just email us, mmpets at 1320wils.com, or message us on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash mmpets.